Well, in Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending December the 5th, USDA has once again extended the deadline for the Dairy Margin Protection Program as producers now have until December 19th to sign up. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack said it seemed early on that high milk prices were resulting in low interest by producers in the program. Certainly as prices have moderated a bit uh, recently, that interest has increased, and that's one of the reasons why we're extending the sign-up period, because we think there may be a lot of producers out there that are rethinking an earlier decision. We want to give them plenty of time to, to be able to do that. And he said the program is relatively inexpensive. Uh, 100 bucks uh, a year for catastrophic coverage. If you wanted to buy up uh, $6 margin protection on 50% of your production, uh, it would cost you an extra 100 bucks uh, a year. Uh, if you went all the way up to uh, $8 margin protection on 90% of production, it would be a bit more expensive, but still a, a reasonable uh, a, amount for the protection that you get and the security you get in making sure that your, your uh, operation is not going to be hit with uh, a sharp decline in prices. Vilsack also said those who apply this year will receive a slight increase in production protection that will not be available in the future. So that would obviously be a significant benefit if the program was triggered at any time during 2015. But he said dairy farmers who do not sign up for the margin protection program for 2015 will forfeit the 1% base production increase. To learn more about it, just contact your local FSA office. You know, back in the late 70s, the Flu Cure Tobacco Cooperative Stabilization Corporation issued certificates of interest and capital reserve to its members who delivered tobacco to stabilization for the crop years of 1967 through 1973. Well, now, Ed Kasuda, CFO of U.S. Tobacco Cooperative, says they are issuing a call for redemption of those certificates. These certificates would have been issued to growers of tobacco who sold that tobacco to the co-op. These certificates now are being offered for redemption. The redemption period is December 1 of this year through February 28th of 2015. So during that time period, individuals with these certificates can present them, go online, get the form, fill out the form, present the information to us, and we will issue the redemption checks to them. Kasuda said the average value over this time period is about $130. And he says there are several different ways to submit a redemption request. They can do one of two things. They can call a phone number that will kind of step them through, let them do some research by punching numbers into the phone. That number is one 277 7422 They can also go to a website. It's www.tobaccocheck.com. And the announcement is listed on the home page. And there are options that they can go to to print the form and gives instructions on what to complete on the form, as well as the mailing address on where to send it. And he says the checks will be issued then in March. All checks will be issued at the end of the redemption period. So the checks will be issued in March of 2015. Growers or survivors of growers in several southeastern states are eligible for certificate redemption. To learn more, just go to Tobacco Check. Also this week, we heard from Dave Zeno, the executive chef for the Beef Checkoff, who discusses how beef can make a great choice for those upcoming holiday meals. Beef is an excellent Christmas dinner uh, choice. We've got some great beef tenderloin recipes, round tip roast, uh, ribeye roast, just some great, great recipes. And uh, to me, I think uh, a a nice beef roast is is a centerpiece for a, a wonderful holiday experience. 
He says beef can work for many situations for holiday gathering. We've developed uh, throughout the years uh, appetizer recipes uh, that you know people don't think about beef uh, as an appetizer. And if you make that that roast and you've got leftovers, you slice it thin for sandwiches the next day, or you know cube it for a salad. Uh, there's a lot a lot of ways to stretch your beef dollar this holiday season. Cindy Zimmerman had a story this week about protecting pollinators. USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service is a partner in the North American Pollinator Protection Campaign, which is vital in protecting our abundant food supply. NRCS Southeast Regional Conservationist James Tillman explains. With NRCS, honeybee effort has been a tremendous, tremendous success. One out of every three food bites is impacted positively by honeybees. So NRCS is working with five states. South Dakota, North Dakota, Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, working with those private landowners and farmers and helping them to increase pollinator habitat and thus increase their production. Since 2006, 30% of beehives have been reduced. So NRC is working in those communities as a pilot, as a starting pilot, to work with them on increasing those beehives, thus increase production, increase the profit on those farms, and allow those farm and ranchers to keep that commitment they made with mom and dad to hold on to that farm. It is so important because, as we know, the food that we eat has to be pollinated. And as you walk in the store, whether you're buying some, a meat product or you're buying dairy, it's strongly impacted by these pollinators. Don't have the pollinators, the milk on the shelf, and the meat all of a sudden disappears. It's tremendously important. To find out what you can do to protect pollinators, contact your local NRCS office. And we wrap up this week's podcast with Everett Griner looking at how Fruit trends are changing. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but some of the most ignored plants in this country are now becoming very popular and high in demand with consumers. Persimmons. That's a fruit I've known all my life but never cared for. Now persimmon pie has become an in-demand dessert. So the persimmon is now getting a lot of denied attention. I read about a Pattaya, I think it is. It's a citrus fruit grown primarily in parts of California and Arizona. I never heard of it. But it's gaining in acceptance outside its native southwest. And what about the pomegranate? This has long been a neglected fruit in my part of the country. Not widely grown, but, well, common in a lot of rural yards. Well, now pomegranate juice is a health juice growing in demand. The blueberry, of course, has already claimed its spot. On the consumer's list. So what's next? Well, I hope it's not gallberries. That's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.